temperature of a pool, you dip your toe. If there's a way that you can dip your toe, everything that you wanted seems like it's uh, verified or like all your feelings are like met halfway and it works, then it's probably the thing you should do. Like there's a way to kind of like dip your toe in that, like that pool of life as far as moving forward goes. And like, I guess we could use a frog analogy, like hop to your next lily pad, you know? <laughs> I love um, these analogies. Welcome back to the Director Vibe Podcast. I'm your host and Director of Vibes, Leslie Schultz. Today I am joined by one of the most authentic, kind-hearted, and hilarious humans I've met since moving to Nashville. That's right, we've got the extremely talented, humble, and amazing singer-songwriter, Jeremy Parsons. When it comes to manifesting a creative life, one that feels truly aligned with who you are at the core, Jeremy is doing it right. When we hopped on a call to record this interview, he had just begun the rather scary transition from 10 years of living in Nashville to dipping his toe into the idea of moving back home to San Antonio, Texas. Throughout this interview, we talked about how he came to this decision, the fears he had to work through, and the importance of keeping kindness, honesty, and emotion at the forefront of all that you do. I'm a big fan, or as Jeremy puts it, a close friend who happens to really love his music, so you'll be hearing a lot of tracks off his latest album, Things I Need to Say, throughout today's episode. You are welcome. I'm so excited to introduce you to this gem of a human today. Let's dive right into the good vibes. I said, dive right in. (laughs) 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 So, my name is Jeremy Parsons. I'm from uh, San Antonio, Texas. Born, raised, conceived, everything you could do in San Antonio. (laughs) Yeah, I lived here for 21 years. I uh, got my start playing music here. I was in high school. My buddies were all kind of going one direction that I didn't uh, necessarily agree with. And so I uh, decided instead of letting my parents down, I decided to pick up a guitar instead. I think uh, in hindsight, it probably ended up saving my life because I have a quite a crazy personality in general. So the one time being a rock star was the healthier choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I got really into it when I was 17. By the time I was 18, I'd written my first song. And later that year, I went out and played my first open mic writer's night at a place called Rolling Oak Sports Bar in San Antonio, Texas. And people liked it. So I was like, I left that show being like, oh, man, I uh, I could do that again for sure. Like, That's that was awesome. fun. Yeah, I would, I would come back and do that at least one more time. And I came back every week for probably a year and a half. Wow. And then I, yeah, and then I started getting paid to play there, and then I started getting paid to play other places, and then we would go out during the summers, and it was just like, then it got to a point where I was like, man, I, I, I have a choice. I can go to Austin or I can go to Nashville. Like that's, but I, I did. I looked at the equation and went out and asked like a bunch of other artists, like the Jack Ingrams and the Pat Greens, who were still like somewhat accessible at that time when I was like in my late teens they were all going to Nashville. And I was like, so you spent 10 years in Austin just to go spend another 10 in Nashville. And they were, they just like looked at me and they were like, yeah, they're both 10 year towns, I guess. And so I was like, I'm just going to go straight to Nashville. And if that doesn't work, I can always come home. Right. Like that's, that's why they call it home. It's like a really, well, sometimes it's a clean four letter word. I was like, depends on the family, I guess, but that's true. uh, But it's, (laughs) Yeah, so I was like, I'm, I'm going to give Nashville a shot. And in March 
5th of 2009, I became a Nashville resident and I lived there. Uh, I guess I still kind of live there. I still have stuff up there. I'm paying for storage right now, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> That's fair. I uh, do that during the summer, so I totally yeah, understand. Yeah, you get it. So yeah, I lived there for 10 years. I fell in love with the city when I first moved there. I knew like one person, but like I'm, I, I have zero problems making friends. Yep. It's, it's, harder, it's harder for me to make enemies than it is friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, which is tough because if you don't like somebody, it's like really hard for me to be mean to somebody when they're just like not a good person and you don't want anything to do with them, but you still can't be mean to them. Yeah. You're uh, like, I don't, I don't want to do what you do to other people, but you're just not a good person. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> juggling and struggling. Hashtag life. So, I mean, I got to watch it change. Like I fell in love with the city and, and, I, and I, I hate to say it, but I, I fell out of love with the city. Uh, like before we hopped on this call we were just talking about you're kind of starting to feel a little bit like you want to move on from nashville and not knowing what's next this past year starting in march a couple of buddies and i were hanging out at a revival in uh, nashville at a place called tin roof up on uh demon brian demon 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 brewing demon Demon, Demon Bruin. Demon Bruin. Demon Bruin is funny. If you're trying to spell it, that's the best way to go, for sure. Anyway, it's a cool place up on that hill. Uh, we were talking. It was like, hey, man, what is it? Uh, what, what do you think it would take for us to do, like, a, a whole thing down in Texas? And I was like, dude, we just got to, like, take the time, call, set it up. You know, like, we're, we're our own bookers. Like, package it correctly. Like, you know, do it like any other company would. But, like you know, make sure that we present ourselves exactly what they're going to get when we get there and stuff. And and we did it. And in March, we went down and did probably like 12, 13 shows and then did it again in July and then again in September. A lot of cool things came from it. It was like rekindling an old flame. It was beautiful. And I couldn't, every time I would come back to Nashville, I couldn't stop like missing or thinking about Texas. And so it kind of felt like, you know, it rolled around. Like we went, went through some like new moon phases and, and there was like a lot of change in the air and it just felt right. And I talked with a lot of people and bounced it off a bunch of folks. And it seems like, you know, there's no time like the present. So I'm going to make sure that, you know, while I, while I feel this is the right thing to do, I'm going to give it a shot because worst case scenario, I, there's, there's always other options. I found by coming back to Texas that I got from those trips what I was not getting from Nashville. And what was that? Like this appreciation of who I was as like even a guitar player. Like it was weird. I never considered myself anything standoutish on the guitar, but my confidence when I got back, like I started playing more lead for people. It was that, it was that like, hey man, let's hear another one of yours. Like, which I would get that sometimes at bars. Like, I'm, that's nothing against Nashville. And, like, I love all the people that I've met. And they become, like, it's weird, like, to say fans because we're all just people. So, at the same, they're like, how many fans do you have? I was like, I don't have fans. I have friends. All right? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, yeah, they're, they're my friends. Like, I talk to them. Like, I'm always glad to see them. Like, yeah. it's not, that's a friend. But, I mean, like, everyone gets labeled, you know, stuff. It's, like, it's called a fan base. So. Right. Whatever. They're both F words. <laughs> all uh, the best words are. <laughs> all the best. They really are. Uh, stay we're, tuned we're for getting... the, the second part of this podcast where we talk about how we wish we could say more F words. Um, we can. <laughs> no, I'm done. 
it's going to have to be a two point fiver. Yeah. So like, it's like the, a lot of those people have been great. Like they come back and see me, they love the records and, and, you know, I love them. They love me, but it, it, it's just like, it's also the, the requests that you get that are kind of like as songs that you don't connect with. It's tough to like deliver that to a crowd because you want to do a good job for them. Yeah. But you don't emotionally connect with the song because some songs just don't say anything. It's just a cool beat or the person has a good voice. Like, like if you have a like you know there's that old joke of like you hear like uh Brett Elders is a great example he could like sing the alphabet and it would sound cool like right. it's one of those things. but like people are actually pretty much doing that right now <laughs> like it feels like that sometimes i'm like yeah it's yeah not yeah. him he's great i like Brett Eldridge but, uh, <laughs> nothing, on, nothing on Brett uh, yeah no he's yeah yeah B Eldridge is cool he's cool <laughs> <laughs> the homie but so for people that are listening that maybe aren't familiar with Nashville, we're talking about you spent the last 10 years here playing the circuit in Nashville, which oftentimes means you're playing a lot of covers. It's pretty rare that somebody actually wants, not necessarily wants to, but is requesting for you to play your own song. And yeah. You can kind of sneak them in there and have a few people who maybe are really there for the music. But for the most part, the scene around town is – they just want to hear the songs that they know. And if they're not from here, it's likely they don't know you or your music. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it's hard. It's hard. Like, there's a lot of guys that are really good at being aggressive. I, I'm not that type. Like, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm there for the, the crowd. Like, it's not about me. As soon as you plug in, you turn all your stuff on. It's like, I'm there to make sure that you have a good time. Like, it's our jobs as artists or musicians or songwriters, like, and that's that's where the like the the country party music scene has come in like it's a good distraction for like everyday work life it's fun mm -hmm. it takes your you don't have to think about anything and right. just use that as it is <laughs> yeah. i mean something very specific but it is what it is the uh <laughs> it, and, it, and it works but like it's our jobs to do that in the bar scene downtown and play those songs but i i have more of emotional attachment to to someone who's like like almost giving everything they have to a song and like you can tell like we, we all use auto-tune and stuff it's like a program that's embedded within a program that we all use like it's something right. but there's there's some people who just they they give it everything they have and the emotion comes out like it's you know and and sometimes they don't tune those parts like if they miss yeah. they don't tune it because it's emotionally perfect yeah. i miss i miss the raw i miss being able to feel something like and your it, music that you've written, I mean, it all comes from very personal experiences. So that's where your heart is in artistry. And I've never been one to never speak my mind. But these are all the things I need to say before I run out of breath, before I use what's left of me. See the thought that grows inside my brain. Like the guys that I grew up listening to, they wrote about things, whether it was in like a, a metaphorical or just like a really goofy way, like or something like that, that it was, they were empathizing with you. It's like, oh my God, I've been there too. A prime example for my music, which always blows my mind, is that, so, so my parents got divorced like four or five years ago after like 
48 years of marriage, wow, which is yeah. like, that's a long time to just decide you're done. But it's all a right, big change. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all's deal. It, it was tough. And like uh, my things I need to say record, which is my second record that I, I put out was about dealing with that. Cause that's, that's one thing that I've always had that is it's like music was like, I feel like a gift that was just given to us all. Cause we're able like, because of that empathy, but specifically as an artist and a writer it's my therapy like it's my way that like for some reason my tongue will just nod up i mean you know if you get caught talking to yourself people think you're nuts anyway you get caught singing they give you a deal so it's weird um <laughs> but the the uh, uh it, it, it's that thing like i i'm able to whatever part of my brain that the music comes from is able to really say what i need the things I need to say, I guess it's funny. Yeah. Um, well titled. <laughs> yeah. I backed myself into my own title right there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's always been there for me to uh, emote, I guess. Like I, I, I don't, it, it, I, I don't know what that is and I don't want to think about it too much because you yeah, don't. don't. Yeah. You know, it, it always feels it. like it goes away. Yeah. It's like dancing. You think about it too much. You get self-conscious <laughs> and then you got to ease off the dance floor. <laughs> Never ease off the dance floor. Never ease off the dance floor. I'm curious though, has it always been easy for you to say the things that you need to say in music? Or is that something that's like you had to get over some some of your own bullshit to do or No, I think that's 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 another thing that I'm really lucky is like I'm a for instance, like I grew up with I'm the youngest and I have three older sisters. I'm not the dude you come and ask if your dress looks bad, if you think your dress looks bad. Because if, if you walk in confident, I'm immediately going to notice and be like, oh, that looks great. Because I can tell that your stature is confident. But if you walk in and I see that you hate it, I was like, I'm not going to be able to connect with it. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, so like bluntness, because like, it's like no one wants to go out looking like garbage. Right. Like that's not, you didn't ask because you wanted me to lie to you. You asked because you wanted me to tell you the truth. And if you ask because you wanted me to lie to you, you probably asked the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> that is but a great way to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, so it's like, it's always been that way with music. Like that's the thing. It's a direct channel to like exactly how I feel to my brain and then straight out of my mouth. That's what makes it so great. I mean, especially in regards to your last record it's so relatable there's so many songs and even though perhaps we haven't gone through the exact situation you were going through when you wrote it it came from a place of emotion so we're all human and that's what connects us yeah it came from a place of loss it was loss that that record was experiencing and uh, working through loss and a lot of people have done that burn this house down off the things I need to say record like every now and then I'll play that out and I'll look over and there's some guy next to the stage just like holding his beer like a baby and tearing up he was like I just recently went through a divorce and that's that's exactly what it feels like I never said the song was about a divorce wow. like it's about losing somebody but it's like it's weird that's happened about four times wow that's um, really powerful it's really cool because it's like you don't like it's it, it makes me as a songwriter it makes me feel like there, there's times where I'm like I, I usually leave a stage and I'm like you know I could have done this better I could have done that better and I get off the stage and everyone's like that's the greatest thing I've ever seen and I'm like I can't I can't hear that right now <laughs> 
it's just like it's like thank you very much but i'm all i'm always wanting to do better but it's like in moments like that i could truly be proud of myself because that's like the one thing you always want to do yeah. you want to say like you want someone to hear what you're saying even though you actually haven't said it right it's like the implication of the song is received because the feeling is so mutual it's the same as a divorce like it felt like a divorce mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of these things like a divorce people can totally relate to yeah i mean like pets die like you know you got to get new cars like every, you, you you part with so many things in your like entire life like yeah like for example like when i was like five or six like i had this big wheel i'm going this is a deep cut um it was a batman big wheel and it was tore up like because like so there's a hill next to the house that i'm talking in right now and it's like straight up and down okay and so when the when the wheel started coming off the tread We started just like going from the top of the hill and locking that thing up and just like spinning it around just because it it didn't work like a normal big wheel anymore. So we had to make it work. We made it our own thing. And I came home one day and it was like, they put it in the trash when I went to school that morning. It was gone. I was like, I mean, obviously I, I let go of that, of course. Yeah. You're clearly not stuck on it. I'm clearly not bothered by it to this day. Here we are. Like what? at least 20 years later i think we can all relate to that it's messed up i hope you get a new one for christmas yeah sometimes you get divorced (laughs) and sometimes they throw away your batman big wheel you know (laughs) it hurts all over (laughs) i'll be honest i don't even know how to bring it back to anything i was trying to ask you at this i forgot what we were talking about yeah no so it was just people connecting with it's the empathy for music you know the power of music type of deal I was just giving like a, a different example. I guess I'm gonna have to burn this house down. Cause honey, your leaving's killing me. We put these walls up together and they still stand tall. But every loose board on this hardwood floor. Screeches out of memory And I can't go on, I can't go on like this Just dwelling on it used to be I can fix these halls and patch these walls But there's no patching up you and me There's a memory in every single room I can't seem to get rid of you song making things up as I go that's one of my favorite ones it like for sure became the theme song of my life when I was first building my business and not knowing at all what I was doing it sort of feels like I just listened to it before we hopped on the call and was reminded of that and related to it again in this new season of my life starting a podcast I don't know what I'm doing I'm making this up when when guests go off on tangents I'm like there's no rules do it there's not yeah big wheel tangents (laughs) go off on your big wheel tangents so i want to hear for you what that song meant and what when you wrote it what were you making up as you go there's a crazy song about that thing (laughs) uh the 
for all my dyslexics out there. Uh, crazy thing about that song is I wrote that one and uh, Devil's Daughter on the same day. I, so we were making the album and I was in a in the dark spot, like working through stuff. I wrote Devil's Daughter. I sent it to him. He was like, this is great, man. Uh, he was like, hey, I wanted to talk to you about something. I was like, yeah, what's up, man? He goes, uh, you have any like happy songs? <laughs> and I was like, I was wondering when this was going to come up. <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. And he was like, well, you probably should. And I was like, okay, that Lighten checks the mood out. a little. <laughs> like, I kind of mentally prepared myself for that deal. I mean, like everyone loves a good sad song, but of like you need, some, you need some diversity. So I, I was sitting in that room right after I wrote that song. I was frustrated. My dad always like, you know, says stuff like he has all these great one liners that I usually write. And it's like, like one was my grandpa used to say, if you don't put your hook in the water, you ain't going to catch no fish. <laughs> and it was a dad said something that was like uh, synonymous with making things up is like, oh, he said, we take it one day at a time. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's been done before. I was like, what's some what's a what's a way that I can say that that's not. It's like almost like less prophetic, but just like more true yeah. than anything. Like just more like, uh, like no one could deny that that's just a statement that is always true. Unless you're like insecure and think that you know everything, but that's, right. that's on you, not us. <laughs> but so it's, I, I came up with the deal and it was like, I went downstairs. I wrote that song in like less than an hour. Cause I just, I, I had, I was so happy that I had the thought. And like when, when you have the time and you've had the thought, you can just go and knock it out because it's fresh and it's like this youthful feeling of like, it's a great day, you know? Yeah. And I went down, I played it for dad and he was like, nailed it. That's and it was awesome. Like dad, yeah. Dad's always been like my guy who I send all that stuff to. And he, if he likes it, then it's a, then he'll be honest with me too. I get my honesty from him. He's like, he's like, you know, if it's a mediocre song or something, it's like, oh, you've written better. I'm like, that's a fair answer. Thank you so much. I agree. You need someone like that that's going to be honest, especially as you're creating and oh, yeah, making it up. <laughs> making it up as I go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ain't nothing I can do but take it as it comes. Oh, I'm making things up as I go. Off the cuff and so out of my control. See, that's the thing about that song. It's so easy to quote. Yeah. That it's like, I will go out and it's like, oh, hey, I'm like, hey, man, good to see you. How's it going? He's like, oh, man, I'm just making it up as I go. And I'll just <laughs> turn around and leave. Well, it's super relatable. And it's <laughs> for me, it was just such a great reminder. Like, nobody has it together. It's okay to not. Like, oh, everything's a it facade, out. man. I yeah. mean, that's what that that's the one thing you have to do. Like, if you're worried about what you need to do with your life, the only thing you ever have to do is figure yourself out and then die. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting the second half of that advice. Well, that's that's literally it. Like, if you're yeah. laying on your deathbed, you can look back and be like, man, I did it. A lot of people don't get to do it. They yeah. don't do it. They don't that's take fair. the time to do it.
Um, and we live in a world that's like, it's almost like it, it's more about like, you know, oh, how much, what does your bank account look like? As opposed to like, hey, you, you've been smiling a lot lately. I was like, it's not because my bank account, it's because my soul is full of something that I, you know, I'll be able to take with me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's a really good transition to my next question. I always ask what tools for positivity you utilize into your life to be smiling all the time or just keep a positive mindset. So what are some things that you do in your day-to-day life that help you with that? I like to take time to appreciate the things that I put in my life, like the people specifically, like text, wake up. Like if I'm thinking about somebody, immediately reach out to them. Uh, Like, you know, just tell someone I love them, like call my dad, call my sister, like go down the street, like give someone a high five at like the taco place or something like that. You know, it's, it's, it's little things that really make a difference. And you realize that as you get older, like holding the door open for somebody. I did that for someone at the, at the, the gym when I was late for this interview and the, the girl like freaked out, like in a good way. And she was like, Oh my God, thank you. I was like, this is so sad. Yeah. That this is like so great for you. But like, I'm glad I could like, do this one thing that's literally not putting me out but for like maybe two seconds like even if it takes one minute for him to walk to the door like i'm still gonna hold it like i'm that guy that'll get stuck there for 30 minutes and they're like oh it looks like you got a job <laughs> i'm like i'm trying to people eat, just man. keep walking through the door and you're like God, yeah, gotta follow there, you there's always that one guy he's like they should give you a job and i'm like dude come on <laughs> i really like that it is about the little things and all of those add up to basically create your character and create who you are. Drifting through this life Every breath is something new While we sit and wonder why These questions go unanswered like they do Well, we don't get to know your feeling matters but how you put it out there like matters even more like if you're if you're like in a grumpy mood and you just project that on everybody I was like you should probably go because you're not doing anything for that room like you're not doing anything for yourself or anybody in that room like you know go get you some food if you're hangry or drink some water just like take some you time man because like people are supposed to be there for people and it's like that's musicians or people and we're just like putting a different form of like empathy and stuff out into the world like with this gift that we've been given and like the gift of being able to do it it's it's for like the connecting with those folks like we're 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 just people who make music yeah that's all it is yeah everybody's just a person who does something else you know That's so true. And often, I mean, artists especially get put on this pedestal of like unreachable. But that was the best way you could have possibly said that is you're just people who make music. Yeah, that's it. Like I'm a guy who wears a guitar. You know, coming from Nashville, they had a lot of questions for me. They were like, what was it like? You know, you're the guy who went there for so long and then came back. And I was like a specimen. They were like, hmm. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> Let me observe you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I love talking, so it was easy. Uh, they were like, "What? What is that like?" They tell you to keep this like distance, like, and it's part of this facade. Like you're this person who can't be reached, so people will want to reach out for you more. I, I do the complete opposite method, where like I would just walk up and start talking. Mm-hmm. so it's like he was that. like he was like how is that how important is that to you i was like dude that's everything i was like how do you expect people to like if you give them such beautiful art and then you yourself are such a disgusting individual it's almost like that's weird to me that's always been weird to me it's like uh for example i i john mayer back in the day notable sleazeball like it like you know he was but when he lost, he went through that that vo- that vocal thing, and now he figured it out. He's just like this good vibes counselor. He like makes people smile on a daily basis. He wears like Aladdin pants. Like, come <laughs> on, dude, let's be friends. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's it's stuff like that. You he had like a a moment where he realized that he's like, what am I doing, man? I'm just another dude. But like I have. Like I had this power and I've been abusing it. I was like, we don't make music. Like in and we're in kinda I'm gonna segue into like something that makes me uncomfortable and immediately get out of it. But like the whole stuff that's going on now with like all these people that are speaking up about artists being very gross. It a music is not to be used for evil. It is a gift. Like if you use it to manipulate people, because it's a powerful thing. Yeah. People get so many emotions and feelings from music and to take advantage of that is like just disgusting because it's such a gift these are all the things these are all the things that need to say so tell them that you love them show them that you care regrets as heavy as a stone that your shoulders shouldn't bear your life is all for living Dying has to wait Don't hold back on saying all the things you might have loved away I'm always going to do music. It's just uh, about finding a new way to do that. And I think now I want to try to get a band together. I just finished recording a new record and we're mixing it and doing all that fun stuff, the behind the scenes stuff. And I want to make sure when that comes out that I've got like this tight band together and we've got the songs down and we can present it to people the way that it needs to be presented. I basically just want to get on my ducks in a row. My first show this past Saturday, and I got four shows this weekend starting on Wednesday and it's just the reception has been so great it's so fun and it just feels like the right time like it's scary because it's and and I I think that's the best word for it like not in a way that like you know you check behind that door for me but just it's (laughs) it's almost it's almost like you're 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 walking over like if if life was just this like big canyon filled with lava and you were waiting for the next stone to pop up in front of you, but like you, the stone wasn't there, but you feel like you needed to jump. Like, and when you jumped, the stone was actually there. You just needed to take the leap. It was like a mental block more than it was a physical thing. Yeah. You just weren't moving. That right. was you that was not moving. I love your analogy about the lava and jumping before the next rock pops up. And I feel like there are a lot of people that I know that are kind of stuck on that ledge and they know they need to leap. They know they need to do it, but they're scared. 
because it's scary. Yeah. So oh yeah. Do you have any sort of tools or advice for someone that's stuck on that ledge? Like how do you just take that leap? I think with me, I'm a person who is very like I think through things, I calculate them like down to like almost the scent. If you don't get in a pool because it's too cold or to check the temperature of a pool, you dip your toe. If there's a way that you can dip your toe, everything that you wanted seems like it's uh, verified or like all your feelings are like met halfway and it works, then it's probably the thing you should do. Like there's a way to kind of like dip your toe in that, like that pool of life as far as moving forward goes. And like, I guess we could use a frog analogy, like hop to your next lily pad, you know? (laughs) I love uh, these analogies. So it's it, it, it's kind of that's like my best advice, like because it's scary. Like a lot of people leap and you know they they fall into something that probably isn't right. But like as you get older, you you can take chances, but more people are affected by those chances that you take. Is like you right. you bring people into your life, and just you get older and things change, and like you start loving animals and people and just everything. It's like I I made sure that I I did it all correctly because that's important to me. Like I I wanted to make sure that all my friends knew and that you know like it wasn't goodbye forever. Obviously, I mean we're talking on electronical devices right now. Like, from two different states a thousand miles away pretty Mm -hmm. much yeah like it's cool we're never out of reach right now which is both good and bad but (laughs) but like for what we're talking about it's beautiful it could be overseas it's perfect this is what it's about Mm -hmm. so i think the and it's and it's so cliche it's like you you just have to do it but there's a right way and there's a wrong way like there is with anything else that's good like, advice, though, that yes, you just have to do it if it's something you're thinking about. But I like that, you know, dip your toe in a little bit. Try yeah. it out. Test it before you just uproot your life and do whatever yeah, well, it is you think you need to. Well, that's just being smart. You don't want to sacrifice. That's not why you're doing it. You're not trying to sacrifice yourself. You're not a martyr for your cause. You're right. a you know, creator because you love to create. You, you create this, like, pocket for yourself. Find a comfortable place to land. Find like your crew. Last night I went out to network and I, I got like six or eight numbers of a bunch of guys who felt like we'd known each other for 10 years already. That's awesome. Like, and it's it's about like going stuff like that, like finding yeah. your crowd. Like, yeah. And not, not being distant. You know, we talked about that artist stuff earlier, like making sure that, you know, it's the person to person interaction. Like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. a people meeting another people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all of that ties in together. Treat people like people know who you are, be empathetic. Like if you're in your own head, get out and appreciate like the things, the little things. It all ties in so well. Very well said. Thank you so much for doing this and for jumping on a call from a thousand miles away so we can introduce you to people. Can't wait to see how everything pans out for you. I'm really excited for the changes, even though Nashville's losing you. Um, I think it's really awesome. I mean, you've got to be able to be yourself and Yeah, absolutely. Hey. It's uh, it's always good to see your face. You too. I mean, the, the only bummer about this is we're not going to be able to go to barista parlor. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with Jeremy and I today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes to spread the good word a little further. I'm so grateful to have spent this time with you. Keep your vibes high and we'll talk soon. These are all the things I need to say before I run out of breath, before I 
users left of me The seed of thought that grows inside my brain yeah, These are all the things These are all the things I need to These are all the things I need to say Before I run out of breath Before I use what's left of me I need